This is a Timmet podcast. This podcast is part of the series On the Marge. The title of this episode is Has Been. Has Been. Walnut Crescent is certainly not the sort of place that one associates with criminal activity. Okay, so Joseph Glatt forgot to lock his front door one night, and someone reached in to steal his laptop right out of the front hallway. And one year, somebody kidnapped the baby Jesus from the McPherson's outdoor Christmas creche. But a drug bust is just not a thing on Walnut Crescent. Or at least it's not a usual thing on Walnut Crescent. The beginning was pretty low-key. Pamela McPherson showed up at our door. That wasn't unusual. She's a friendly, neighborly person. Sometimes more friendly and neighborly than we would really like, but, but it's all good. This time, she was raising money for charity. Again, not unusual for Pamela McPherson. We sometimes referred to her as the KD Queen for her success in finding innovative ways to supply the food bank with craft dinner. I am not sure that Pamela has ever met an actual food bank client, but she believes that a generous supply of craft dinner is all that anyone less fortunate than herself would need to propel themselves to better times. So would you like to buy some Kicking Horse organic coffee? Or maybe you need some hummus? asked Pamela as she spread some papers out on my kitchen table. It was a Friday morning. Chuck was at work and Alex was at school. Well, sure, we could use some coffee and we haven't had hummus for a while. Alex likes that on her bagel in the morning. But, but what's this all about? What's the deal? Okay, it works this way, explained Pamela. You know that Superstore came out with its points card a while back. You can get points for buying things at Superstore, but also at Shoppers Drugs and The Independent. Well, I knew that grocery stores had various loyalty schemes and cards, but we didn't participate in any of that. It made me vaguely uneasy to think that some big company would be tracking what we ate, although I'm not sure why I found that disturbing. So Superstore looks at what you buy one week. And then a few weeks later, they offer you points on the same thing to keep you coming back. It's not points on everything you buy, like not a flat rate or anything. And the things you get points on change every week, so it takes a bit of work to check online to see what the featured products are. But it's stuff you're going to buy anyway. It seemed complicated to me. But so what, I asked. What's the point? The wonderful thing is, said Pamela, the points translate directly into money that you can spend on future grocery orders. So look at Kicking Horse Coffee, for example. This week, for every bag I buy, I get $1.20 in points. And the hummus, let's see. Pamela did some calculations on the paper she had in front of her. One container of hummus would be about 800 points. That's 80 cents. Yes, I know it doesn't sound like much. But if I buy the high-value things in large quantities, it really adds up. I mean, this week... I could get points on broccoli, but you really have to buy an awful lot of broccoli to get anything there. And, and who likes broccoli? Oh, I like broccoli, in moderate quantities anyway. But I still wasn't quite sure what this is all about. So let me get this right, I said. You want me to buy coffee and hummus, but, but not broccoli, so you can get lots of superstore points, so you can reduce your next grocery bill. No, no, not my groceries, protested Pamela. You see, I use all my accumulated superstore points to buy food for the food bank. 
It's like free food. So if you buy a bag of coffee through me, you're like contributing $1.20 to the food bank. Well, buying coffee, you're going to buy anyway. The donation to the food bank doesn't cost you anything. But the food bank wins. Isn't that a lot of work, I asked? I mean, if you go around Walnut Crescent drumming up interest in a bag of coffee here or a container of hummus there, then you have to go and keep track of who ordered what, buy the stuff, distribute it out to whomever ordered it, and collect the money somewhere in there. Doing the Lord's work is not always easy, you know, feeding the hungry and all that, said Pamela with self-assurance. But I go online every Thursday morning to find out what my deals of the week are. Then I do my planning and set up order forms like this on the computer. She gestured to the paper she had spread out in front of her. I figure that in a few weeks, I'll get to know what everybody on the street eats, and I'll be able to focus on a few high-value items like coffee and just skip the broccoli. If there are things that you want that never come up on the points list, then maybe I could buy them a couple of times to train Superstore to give me points on them. Granola, for example. Do you eat granola? Well, we do provide granola for our bed and breakfast guests, but we don't go through a lot of it. We do buy a lot of coffee, though. You know, said Pamela, I think I'm evolving. I went to a presentation at the church the other week where they talked about people evolving. I used to think that craft dinner was the ultimate food for hungry people. But I got to wondering if anyone, even hungry people, could eat craft dinner all the time. Like Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Maybe if Jesus were here today, he'd say, man shall not live by craft dinner alone. So I've evolved and broadened my horizons to beans as well. I'm going to use all my superstore points to buy craft dinner and beans for the food bank. In the end, I agreed to four bags of coffee and two containers of hummus, but, but no broccoli. Pamela brought them over on Monday morning, and I paid her. I was able to get two cases of beans. The food bank said they were really glad to get them, she reported gleefully. And the best part was that the beans were on my points list this week, so I got money for more beans just by buying beans. It's like compound interest. I begrudgingly thought that maybe Pamela was on to something, kind of like Bitcoin, creating food bank beans out of nothing. I was initially impressed by Pamela's selfless dedication to good Christian charity, but Chuck tarnished that illusion for me. So he said, we buy coffee and hummus at the regular price, and in doing so, we contribute, I don't know, $6 of free money to Pamela so she can go buy beans. A bunch of neighbors do the same. Pamela spends $50 of free money points to buy two cases of beans. She takes those $50 of beans to the food bank, beans that she got for free, and turns in the cash register receipt. Well, they're going to give her a tax receipt for $50, which is essentially cash in her pocket at the end of the year. So what she's doing is not entirely without some self-interest. Well, okay. It did seem strange that Pamela hadn't mentioned that part of it. But she was doing all the work. Maybe she should get some payoff out of it, too. In any case, we missed the next two Superstore bean cycles because we flew outside for spring break to visit Chuck's parents and then the West Edmonton Mall so Alex could experience the amusement park. It was almost two weeks later when we returned. We couldn't even get into Walnut Crescent because both entrances were blocked off. I thought at first it was construction, so we parked on Pine Street and walked over to see what was going on. There were four police cars and one City of Whitehorse bylaw truck in the front street in front of the McPherson house. They blocked the driveway 
where Mr. McPherson's pickup truck and a much larger cube van were parked tailgate to tailgate. Police were deflecting the curious neighbors and told us to keep moving. Well, of course we didn't, and, and we joined the crowd of spectators. This was rare entertainment on Walnut Crescent. It took about 30 minutes for the police to disperse and reopen the street. It took about a week to piece together what had happened from reports by Pamela and the neighbors and from inside stories from various organizations downtown. There are no secrets in Whitehorse. It turns out that Pamela's Bean and KD campaign had skyrocketed to stellar success during our absence. She had enlisted the help of people at her church who had fanned out all across southern Yukon taking orders for toilet paper, peanut butter, pasta sauce, and granola bars the first week, and then coffee, shampoo, tortellini, and bags of rice the second week, all funneled through Pamela's Superstore points card. Pamela's grown-up son, Bernie, worked for an expediting company that did shopping for mining companies operating throughout Yukon, and he had contacts with some hotels and restaurants who signed on because of the charitable aspect of the scheme. The second week, it was not a question of how many bags of coffee, but how many pallets of coffee, to the point where Superstore panicked and chartered an airplane to fly in more. Someone on Walnut Crescent, who was not involved in Pamela's scheme, became alarmed by the large number of short-duration visits to the McPherson house, interspersed by the transfer of mysterious boxes between trucks in the driveway. They alerted the authorities. This could only have been Mr. Klimaszewski, because I'm sure Pamela canvassed every other house on the street in her initial solicitation. City bylaw suspected that there was unauthorized commercial activity occurring on Walnut Crescent and dropped by to sell a business license. Their visit coincided with that of the police, who concluded there was some massive drug distribution operation in progress, and they swooped in for a bust. It took some time to figure things out, but not before Pamela and her husband had been handcuffed to kitchen chairs while the police searched the house. We hadn't had anything that exciting on our street since the day that Mr. Breezebois died. Pamela's bean and Katie operation, she, she calls it has-been, is much smaller these days. Hotels and restaurants have gone back to their original suppliers, and mining camps are still working their way through cases of coffee and pasta sauce. Has-been is still running, but now it operates out of the church basement. And the food bank is never short of beans and craft dinner. I wasn't sure who was getting the tax receipts, so I asked Pamela. It is more blessed to give than to receive, explained Pamela cheerfully. But I'm sure that if Jesus were here, he'd take the modern pragmatic approach and explain there's nothing wrong with a bit of receiving, too. It's just not quite as high on the scale of blessedness, that's all. And that's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make. I'm glad that Pamela is so cheerful about this, even after the handcuffs. After all, God loves a cheerful giver. But she got me thinking about updating biblical techniques to more modern pragmatic approaches. Like, maybe if Jesus were here in Whitehorse today, he wouldn't have to worry about loaves and fishes. With a Superstore points card, he could just concentrate on beans and KD. This has been a Timmet podcast in a series called On the Marge. Instrumental intro and exit are courtesy of Kate Weeks. If you would like more of these podcasts, check out the podcast website at timmet.ca slash 
podcasts. That's T-I-M-M-I-T dot C-A slash podcasts.